Chapter Four of Red Nails by Robert E. Howard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four, Scent of Black Lotus. Valeria unbuckled her sword belt and laid it with the sheathed weapon on the couch where she meant to sleep. She noted that the doors were supplied with bolts and asked where they led. Those lead into adjoining chambers, answered the woman, indicating the doors on right and left. That one, pointing to a copper-bound door opposite that which opened into the corridor, leads to a corridor which runs to a stair that descends into the catacombs. Do not fear. Naught can harm you here. Who spoke of fear? snapped Valeria. I'd just like to know what sort of harbor I'm dropping anchor in. No, I don't want you to sleep at the foot of my couch. I'm not accustomed to being waited on, not by women, anyway. You have my leave to go. Alone in the room, the pirate shot the bolts on all the doors, kicked off her boots, and stretched luxuriously out on the couch. She imagined Conan similarly situated across the corridor, but her feminine vanity prompted her to visualize him as scowling and muttering with chagrin as he cast himself on his solitary couch, and she grinned with gleeful malice as she prepared herself for slumber. Outside night had fallen. In the halls of Zuccotl the green fire-jewels blazed like the eyes of prehistoric cats. Somewhere along the dark towers a night wind moaned like a restless spirit. Through the dim passages stealthy figures began stealing like disembodied shadows. Valeria awoke suddenly on her couch. In the dusky emerald glow of the fire-gems she saw a shadowy figure bending over her. For a bemused instant the apparition seemed part of the dream she had been dreaming. She had seemed to lie on the couch in the chamber as she was actually lying, while over her pulsed and throbbed a gigantic black blossom, so enormous that it hid the ceiling. Its exotic perfume pervaded her being, inducing a delicious, sensuous languor that was something more or less than sleep. She was sinking into scented billows of insensible bliss when something touched her face. So supersensitive were her drugged senses that the light touch was like a dislocating impact, jolting her rudely into full wakefulness. Then it was that she saw not a gargantuan blossom, but a dark-skinned woman standing above her. With the realization came anger and instant action. The woman turned lithely, but before she could run, Valeria was on her feet and caught her arm. She fought like a wildcat for an instant, and then subdued as she felt herself crushed by the superior strength of her captor. The pirate wrenched the woman around to face her, caught her chin with her free hand, and forced her captive to meet her gaze. It was the sullen Yasala, Tassela's maid. What the devil were you doing bending over me? What's that in your hand? 
The woman made no reply, but sought to cast away the object. Valeria twisted her arm around in front of her, and the thing fell to the floor. A great black exotic blossom on a jade-green stem, large as a woman's head, to be sure, but tiny beside the exaggerated vision she had seen. "'The Black Lotus!' said Valeria between her teeth. "'The blossom whose scent brings deep sleep. You were trying to drug me. If you hadn't accidentally touched my face with the petals, you'd have—why did you do it? What's your game?' Yasala maintained a sulky silence and with an oath Valeria whirled her around, forced her to her knees, and twisted her arm up behind her back. "'Tell me, or I'll tear your arm out of its socket.' Yasala squirmed in anguish as her arm was forced excruciatingly up between her shoulder-blades, but a violent shaking of her head was the only answer she made. "'Slut!' Valeria cast her from her to sprawl on the floor. The pirate glared at the prostrate figure with blazing eyes. Fear and the memory of Tassella's burning eyes stirred in her, rousing all her tigerish instincts of self-preservation. These people were decadent. Any sort of perversity might be expected to be encountered among them. But Valeria sensed here something that moved behind the scenes, some secret terror fouler than common degeneracy. Fear and revulsion of this weird city swept her. These people were neither sane nor normal. She began to doubt if they were even human. Madness smoldered in the eyes of them all, all except the cruel, cryptic eyes of Tassella which held secrets and mysteries more abysmal than madness. She lifted her head and listened intently. The halls of Zuchotl were as silent as if they were in reality a dead city. The green jewels bathed the chamber in a nightmare glow, in which the eyes of the woman on the floor glittered eerily up at her. A thrill of panic throbbed through Valeria, driving the last vestige of mercy from her fierce soul. "'Why did you try to drug me?' she muttered, grasping the woman's black hair, forcing her head back to glare into her sullen long-lashed eyes. "'Did Tassella send you?' No answer. Valeria cursed venomously and slapped the woman, first on one cheek and then the other. The blows resounded through the room, but Yasala made no outcry. "'Why don't you scream?' demanded Valeria savagely. "'Do you fear someone will hear you? Whom do you fear? Tassella? Olmec? Conan?' Yasala made no reply. She crouched, watching her captor with eyes baleful as those of a basilic. Stubborn silence always fans anger. Valeria turned and tore a handful of cords from a nearby hanging. "'You sulky slut,' she said between her teeth. "'I'm going to strip you stark naked and tie you across that couch 
and whip you until you tell me what you were doing here and who sent you. Yasella made no verbal protest, nor did she offer any resistance, as Valeria carried out the first part of her threat, with a fury that her captive's obstinacy only sharpened. Then, for a space, there was no sound in the chamber except the whistle and crackle of hard-woven silken cords on naked flesh. Yasala could not move her fast-bound hands or feet. Her body writhed and quivered under the chastisement. Her head swayed from side to side in rhythm with the blows. Her teeth were sunk into her lower lip, and a trickle of blood began as the punishment continued. But she did not cry out. The pliant cords made no great sound as they encountered the quivering body of the captive, only a sharp crackling snap. But each cord left a red streak across Yasala's dark flesh. Valeria inflicted the punishment with all the strength of her war-hardened arm, with all the mercilessness acquired during a life where pain and torment were daily happenings and with all the cynical ingenuity which only a woman displays toward a woman. Yasala suffered more physically and mentally than she would have suffered under a lash wielded by a man, however strong. It was the application of this feminine cynicism which at last tamed Yasala. A low whimper escaped from her lips, and Valeria paused, arm lifted, and raked back a damp yellow lock. "'Well, are you going to talk?' she demanded. "'I can keep this up all night, if necessary.' "'Mercy!' whispered the woman. "'I will tell.' Valeria cut the cords from her wrists and ankles, and pulled her to her feet. Yasala sank down on the couch, half reclining on one bare hip, supporting herself on her arm and writhing at the contact of her smarting flesh with the couch. She was trembling in every limb. "'Wine!' she begged, dry-lipped, indicating with a quivering hand a gold vessel on an ivory table. "'Let me drink. I am weak with pain. Then I will tell you all.' Valeria picked up the vessel, and Yasala rose unsteadily to receive it. She took it, raised it toward her lips, then dashed the contents full into the Aquilonian's face. Valeria reeled backward, shaking, and clawing the stinging liquid out of her eyes. Through a smarting mist she saw Yasala dart across the room, fling back a bolt, throw open the copper-bound door, and run down the hall. The pirate was after her instantly, sword out, and murder in her heart. But Yasala had the start, and she ran with the nervous agility of a woman who has just been whipped to the point of hysterical frenzy. She rounded a corner in the corridor, yards ahead of Valeria, and when the pirate turned it, she saw only an empty hall, and at the other end a door that gaped blackly. A damp, moldy scent reeked up from it, and Valeria shivered. That must be the door that led to the catacombs. 
Yasala had taken refuge among the dead. Valeria advanced to the door and looked down a flight of stone steps that vanished quickly into utter blackness. Evidently it was a shaft that led straight to the pits below the city, without opening upon any of the lower floors. She shivered slightly at the thought of the thousands of corpses lying in their stone crypts down there, wrapped in their moldering cloths. She had no intention of groping her way down those stone steps. Yasala doubtless knew every turn and twist of the subterranean tunnels. She was turning back, baffled and furious, when a sobbing cry welled up from the blackness. It seemed to come from a great depth, but human words were faintly distinguishable, and the voice was that of a woman. Oh, help! Help in Set's name! Ah! It trailed away, and Valeria thought she caught the echo of a ghostly tittering. Valeria felt her skin crawl. What had happened to Yasala down there in the thick blackness? There was no doubt that it had been she who had cried out. But what peril could have befallen her? Was a Zotalankan lurking down there? Olmec had assured them that the catacombs below Tecuhlti were walled off from the rest, too securely for their enemies to break through. Besides, that tittering had not sounded like a human being at all. Valeria hurried back down the corridor, not stopping to close the door that opened on the stair. Regaining her chamber, she closed the door and shot the bolt behind her. She pulled on her boots and buckled her sword-belt about her. She was determined to make her way to Conan's room and urge him, if he still lived, to join her in an attempt to fight their way out of that city of devils. But even as she reached the door that opened into the corridor, a long-drawn scream of agony rang through the halls, followed by the stamp of running feet and the loud clangor of swords. End of chapter 4